Oh, surprise. We're on Hollywood Boulevard. Surprise to us because <laughs> we're doing things a little different. So hello. Welcome. It's been a hot second. Uh, Karen and I are here um, welcoming in December. Um, and ordinarily, we were going to jump back into Melrose. We were going to go back to the block because we actually have a couple cliffhangers to move on from. Um, but I screwed things up. Uh, we were dealing with uh, an extended power outage that left me unable to do the rewatch of the episode in time. So stay tuned. We will come back to that a little bit later this month. Um, and instead, it gives us a chance to do Hollywood Boulevard at a slightly earlier hour um, when we're both a little bit more awake. So there's a good so, chance I won't be yawning through that As one, much. Which is so exciting. <laughs> so, yeah. So I do want to just sort of like, you know, give like you know devil horns or what i don't know like like rock star rock star rock star hands to ken hart who was our very special guest we hope that you guys even if you may not have usually done so listened to uh our special interview with uh recapper extraordinaire ken hart um that was fun to have him he is a pretty awesome guy and was like just a delight to uh to join in and be a part of our uh our thing yeah, so, but we are on an extended Melrose Place hiatus at the moment. And I, I, you know, I sort of like was sort of in my head the other day going, wow, we haven't, we haven't been able to like get to, to an episode in a while. And then I was kind of like, I wonder if it's by design. <laughs> it's funny too. I was thinking how even like Ken Hart was like, oh, those last two seasons <laughs> really sucked. <laughs> but he didn't give up and the, he, the and good news is he didn't give we. up he didn't give up and melrose place didn't kill him that's right it did, it did not he did not die he did not die um like yes. apparently matt which i saw the, the yes yeah, so you got a brief spoiler we'll go to that um yes Anyway, we do not mean to be taking uh, this many weeks apart. It's just, uh, you know, various Life. things are going on with our schedule that makes it impossible to, to coordinate uh, chunks of time. Um, but we're here today and we're going to talk about some current things. So uh, here we are back on the Ho- Hollywood Boulevard, right, Karen? We are on Hollywood Boulevard, and so and we've got shit to talk about. Where do we begin? I'm, I mean, the truth is we have so much shit so we're gonna parcel it out we're not gonna jam it all into just this week there's gonna be a lot more to talk about uh over the next couple of uh december uh boulevard podcasts but i've been to the theater i have returned to the movie theater uh, for the first time um and i've been watching stuff on tv so so we can talk about any and and all of those things uh but i know that you've actually been pounding the pavement for your day job uh, and you mentioned something of interest to me, so maybe we start there. Okay. Um, I met a bachelor. So by bachelor, <laughs> do you mean you have changed your marital status and are on the prowl, or have you met someone from the TV series? I met someone from the TV series. So most of my time is spent watching reality shows on Bravo or perhaps Food Network. But once upon a time, I did also watch some Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. Who is the Bachelor you got to meet for work? Um, um, I don't know if I'm saying his last name right, but it's Jared Haben. Am I saying that right? I think it is. Jared Haben, who is, it's one of those, is my guess. You could be right. Um, And it's someone I do remember. 
because during those couple years that I watched, he was on. I think I didn't see his season on The Bachelorette as a contender for a bachelor contender, whatever. But I saw his seasons on Bachelor in Paradise. In fact, I even had recapped them in that time. Oh, Um, Okay, so, so I know, so I know a bit of, about him and what ended up going on in his personal life. Okay, so like, yeah, I know nothing about him. I've never seen a bachelor, ever, ever. And so he is. Uh, Jared is originally from Rhode Island, and um, he moved back here with his now spice spice spice. spice. Ash- <laughs> you know, that's applicable. His his now spice. His now spice, Ashley. I I Canetti. I Canetti was yeah. Um who was also on The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. Yes, um, and they had a very tumultuous uh kind of thing going on where she really kept pursuing him and and he wasn't interested and then all of a sudden he came back and like claimed her. Yeah, and so they got married and during they made the pandemic move out of LA and back to Rhode Island because Jared I guess like really just likes being home. And so they've moved to Rhode Island and they've opened this kind of cute little coffee shop. It's like it's like coffee and cocktails. So you get coffee in the morning or during the day or whatever and or, then it bleeds the- <laughs> over into the evening. Yeah, or or you get cocktails in the morning. Oh, you get and, cocktails and in the morning the rest if of the you're day. like me. Yeah, yeah. So um so yeah, like it like today was literally the first day they were over they they did a soft open today and I went over there to do a well what what was supposed to be like a quick interview um for uh, for a news story just like our news stories are really short like 150 words but uh, oh my, my god, god that's can i nothing. tell you he was so charming oh i was gonna ask was he nice oh, oh I'm glad my to god hear. so nice he was so nice and he was so charming and the place is so damn cute um that what's I was, the name of the place it's coffee it's and cocktails audrey's. Or is it? it's audrey's uh, um, who is audrey is that part of the article audrey is uh ashley's mom's name oh and and also after audrey hepburn So they're both like really big movie buffs. So like they have like they're they're changing out their drinks menu seasonally. So like this like right now they have all these like wintry like Santa E drinks. And here let me read out a few names which were so cute. Um, Buddy the Elf's gingerbread eggnog martini. Um, Yeah, Jack the Pumpkin White Russian King. Kevin McAllister's <laughs> hot spiked apple cider. Like oh my the God. Griswold. I cannot wait to tell my fiance about that. <laughs> the Griswold family Honeycrisp Sangria. Like they're like they're so like Aww. it's like super fun. Super. super I whenever fun. I visit you, I I feel like we should make a point of going and checking. Oh out yeah, absolutely. And the like it's really cute. So they were really really sweet. He was very and I met I met Ashley. Um, she's having a baby. Oh, I was going to ask, do they have a kid yet? So she is not pregnant. Yet. So they've had a lot going on, like, this yeah. past, like, this given past the year, yeah. given the pandemic. So, like, they got married, um, and and apparently they – I'm, like, giving away my whole article, whatever. Um, yeah, nobody from Rhode Island listens to this, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> So, so they moved, so, so they got married and, and they had like this five-year plan. They were going to just go to LA and stay in LA because they were TV personalities. And like, this is what they were like kind of doing with their life because of the bachelor. And then the pandemic happened and they were like, why the fuck are we in LA? Like, like they're like, everybody is remote anyway. There's no work. And so they, they like just uprooted their life, moved here 
a month later, they're like looking for like something to do, something to open. And they find this place and they sign a lease and then she gets pregnant and then they open it. Like it's been, and I'm like, this is all like less than a year. And he's like, I know. (laughs) So I'm like, thank God you're young. Like I would just be like, like scrape me up off the floor. Right. Yeah. Um, I'd collapse. Yeah. 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 But he's like, like so energetic and he was like so cute with all the like little customers, like walking out and being like, are you guys, did you enjoy this? Is everything okay? Like it was really sweet. So his background pre-bachelor um he worked in food service and he worked at a bunch of restaurants around the state and he also oh my god the other thing he did he finished his college degree wait he finished his college degree during the pandemic yeah yeah while he was here like like this year oh my god he had four credits left at rhode island college and he actually finally finished it he was very happy about that i'm like you should be good on you yeah so, like, great he, for like, him yeah like it took him a while to get there but he got there you know what is his degree in uh, history instead of curiosity cool history yeah so i'm kind of like oh this is great so anyway it was, it was kind of wild because i have never watched the bat like i'm like i know nothing about this um but they were really like they, they really leaned into the bachelor too which i thought was obviously like very smart um Good in terms them. of like yeah. marketing but it's not in like like a gross way like it was just kind of like really sweet like like there are nods to it right like some of their coffee drinks um are like you know the rose ceremony oh like which is a white chocolate raspberry latte and like the most dramatic mocha ever a trip to paradise (laughs) like it's cute it's cute here for the wrong reasons you know like oh come on that's adorable that's funny but see you're enough of a person in the world to get that that's you know a phrase that derives from the bachelor yeah, yeah, like I've I've like seen enough like recaps like because it is listeners, it is. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I met both Jared and Ashley, and um, I'll probably be. I mean, like their place is literally ten minutes away from me. Yeah, you should go back. I'll probably go back, and, and you should like, um, you should post your article when it's all when it's uh out on the Facebook page anyway. Oh, I absolutely will. And it sounds it sounds kind of, from talking to them, it kind of sounds like the Bachelor crew are kind of like tight knit, like like they're yeah, all yeah. Like, I think it becomes a universe unto itself. Yeah, like they're all like friends, and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna fly some of them out. Like they're gonna have like Aww. special. You know they're usually closed on Monday nights, but they're going to be open some Mondays to do like special like bachelor watch parties, and they'll probably cool. said that they're going to fly some of their friends out to come hang out and do it and like sort of do it. You know, it was really cool, and I was like, "Huh, wow, that's really wild." I'm glad to, he was nice. You know, I feel uh, uh, he's a good-looking guy, and he was good on the show. But I could tell there was something that like his heart was kind of back in like the Northeast. So oh really? Yeah. Oh, oh, did he like talk about it a lot? Um, I don't even know about it a lot, but it looked like he wasn't as thirsty as a lot of the other diehard like West Coast Hollywood notice me people were. Like okay. there were times on the show, like he even I think he even like left Bachelor in Paradise of his own accord one season because he's like, all right, I'm 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 good. I've had enough. I'm I'm gonna leave for a bit. Um. So yeah, no, he had struck me as having more personality than the typical contestant. Yeah, he was very, like, I was like, I did not really know what to expect. 
Um, and I kind of went on expecting the worst because that was yeah, and you I don't blame I, you. Right? But that's, I you think know? a lot of well, that's why I asked because I was like a lot of the other names that come out of that show uh, are are kind of the worst. So um, <laughs> yeah, but he's not. But he really wasn't, and she was, and she was very sweet too. And like that's you nice. know, she's having a tough pregnancy, so you know, how I, far I along is she? Feel for her. I think she's got. She said she's got like ten more weeks left, so she's oh, in like, wow. sort of like yeah, the last. She's in third try. Yeah, she's like she's like in the in the home stretch, you know. Well, I couldn't figure out like where did they get because when I was talking to him, it was like yeah, she was pursuing him. He said he kind of was rege- like he didn't really give me like deep because I was like I have no idea what you guys like I don't know what the thing like the, what the deal is. So he was on a bachelor an early about she was on a bachelorette, but right. they didn't well, meet until well, Bachelor are- in Paradise. I believe that's right, but I think it's the reverse. So he was on The Bachelorette. He was one of like the 18 or 24 guys or whatever that vies for the final rose from the woman. And then she Ah. was one of the women on The Bachelor because then it's however many women are vying for the rose from the guy. Ah, And then they started doing The Bachelor in Paradise about like eight, nine years ago where it's like, it's, you know, it's like the all-stars version. They just pick people from various seasons to come and like wear like skippy swimsuits and get drunk during the day um, and let the mayhem and hooking up ensue. And a lot of actual couples have come out of that show. Um, But I, if I'm remembering it correctly, she really like had her sights on him. He wasn't feeling it. He was actually interested in someone else. Um, he had to like yell at her. I think there was at least one episode where she like left the island crying and heartbroken. Um, and then, and he also like opted to leave himself. But I think there was another season. Maybe she was on it longer than he was. And I think he came back to say he had feelings for her and they like left the island together and have been a couple ever since. I may have mixed up a couple of details along the way, but the, but it was basically like a lot of strife between the two of them on the air and then past the show, wedded bliss. So now did they get engaged on TV? I don't, think so if they did it may have been like one of those special things that abc has on like the finale of a subsequent bachelor season where it's like and Uh, we're gonna check in with past bachelor contestants whatever i don't think they got engaged on like one of their own seasons of bachelor in paradise okay which was a really fun show when i did watch it Okay, because I'm like a little because I'm looking at the wiki because I don't really understand mm. any of this, and it's a, and like what he, what I thought was that like they didn't like fall in love until like after like he was saying like oh well, I, think I realized that's what that, happened yeah yeah like he was like I realized that I loved her because we went to this thing in a charity thing in Virginia where she's from. And she oh, had I didn't know that was where house. she was from. I don't know why. Yeah, she's from North. Yeah, Northern Virginia. Oh, Northern so she's from Virginia. where I grew up. Wow. Yeah, she's from where. Yeah, and he was like, we went to, and we were at her parents' house, and like it was like the end of the night, and everybody was just kind of hanging out, and I just all of a sudden it hit me that I love this woman, or like it was really really sweet, and so like I had assumed that their time on the show was over, but then I'm like looking at this wiki, and it's like, you know, they got engaged on June seventeenth, twenty eighteen, in Mexico while filming for the fifth season of Bachelor in Paradise, and I'm like, wait, what? 
Oh, so, they mean, probably, you know what I think, you know what I think may have happened? They probably came back. Sometimes they have like alums from the show come back on current seasons as like exemplars of like the fairy tale. And they like come and give advice to like the current Drunko contestants. Oh, uh, like, yeah. They- oh, I didn't read far enough. Ashley was tricked into thinking she and Jared got to decide who should get the date card. So, yeah, it sounds like they are the ones that do the thing with the drunk people. Yeah yeah okay got it See, i mean yeah. they're not all drunk all the time on that show but they're pretty much drunk all the time on that show they're mostly drunk all the time they're, they're like it's like 98 percent of the time <laughs> okay so yeah so this so so that was my day that was <laughs> that's cool you uh had your passport to uh bachelor nation stamped so good for you I'm- and I'm like, am I supposed to watch this now? No. You are not. You I are not. not. I have to I say, not. I don't think I've watched it three years, maybe three and a half years, and I haven't missed it. I was late yeah. in the game to join, uh, and um, and life moved on. I mean, I know it's a thing. I mean, Jesus Christ, the New York Times was recapping it, and they had Jennifer, yeah. like Jennifer Weiner, 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 that the, the uh, recapping the good in bed in her shoes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I thought was hilarious because they wouldn't review her books, but she was recapping <laughs> The Bachelor, but whatever. I feel and like I, she, she was salty lot, about that, too. She actually was very salty about that. Um, but yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, I know that it's kind of like this juggernaut of a thing, you know, like reality show, reality TV juggernaut, like almost. It's still going, yeah, I mean, too, Bachelor right? Nation is a real thing. Yeah, the following is tremendous. Which, I mean, I don't get it, but that's, it's not for me. I haven't gotten reality TV since the real world. It's still the best. Yeah, it is still the best. Although, you know, they did a real world reunion like a year or so ago and I never watched it. I'm not sure I want to go back and revisit it. No, I don't, you know, I mean. Like everything uh, in its own time. That's how I feel. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, I didn't, I didn't pry about like, okay, so how fake is this? Um, you know, how yeah, fake is yeah, the whole yeah. thing? But it's it was sort of like he was like this. He said it's like, I guess the whole thing happens over like a three week period, the filming. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I was like, like I didn't think it was that speedy, but it was. And he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, you have like producers in one ear and the rest of the cast in like the other. And he's like, it's very crazy. And I was like, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, um, and I think a lot of, I mean, I think it's partly intentional where they like, they want you all to be sleep deprived and drunk and, and really like running on fumes so that they get the most dramatic. Oh, right. Because you're you. never going to, you're, you're not going to act like, like a human being that, when you, you're all that messed up. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's their way of like removing control as yeah. much as they can from you so that, yeah. so that you're really their guinea pig. I mean, truthfully, reality TV is like, you know, our, our version of the Coney Island sideshow, right? I mean, this is sort of like where <laughs> we are. It is. It is. Come look at the well-manicured freaks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, it's sort of like, you know, very pretty people behaving badly, right? That's, I mean, this that's is, exactly what it is. I mean, what was that? What was that thing through the like the 80s and 90s um, with all like the, the that dude? I think he went to jail with like film all the women on spring break and they'd all lift their shirts up what was that was that you like girls behaving badly yeah that, girls like, gone wild was that girls it? Gone wild. Was it girls yeah, gone yeah. wild yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it kind of feels like that <laughs> i mean it basically is just kind of dressed up a bit more and nobody's like lifting their shirts because 
the censors would get upset. Or maybe they are. I don't know. I, I mean, I think they all still do. You um, know, now that more and more stuff shows up on streaming and cable, I think they can show more as well. They're showing a little bit more skin. Yeah. So, yeah. I still won't watch it. But boy, Jared and Ashley, they really, they, they did, you know, they did change my mind a bit about, like, what to expect. And here I was just expecting you to say, like, and you know what? The coffee was good. I didn't even have a coffee. Did you have anything else? No, I didn't have it. You know what? He oh, didn't you didn't offer. even have a Kevin McAllister. I didn't have it. He didn't even offer, but that's okay. Like I think that's he right. was. I don't so want to say back. he was nervous. So go back and really be his friend. I don't want to say he was nervous, but I think he had like a lot on his mind considering it was. Like, I think his, his that's opening. yeah, the yeah. opening, the the, yeah. the kid to come. Yeah, yeah, and like you could tell, like he's nervous. Like he's nervous. He wants this thing to work, right? Like, like I want it to work. Could too. you imagine, like, okay, he's been a restaurant manager. Like that's his career. He just got his history degree, um, you know. But he's been like living, I guess, in LA all this time, right? Because he started on The Bachelor like a long time ago. Like this was a while ago that he was on it, right? The first yeah, one? I think. Yeah, I want to say six or seven or maybe even eight years ago for him right so like i don't think he's been here working in restaurants since then like i don't think that's been his job you know so he's kind of like given up everything to come here and like make a go of it you know so i think that that's got to be really nerve-wracking yeah i think you're right so anyway um so more tk it'll be a very very (laughs) short news article Um, But then I'm hoping to do something longer for a February issue because I was like, oh, my God, that would be so cute because it's Valentine's Day and they're a couple. And the way that the place is set up, it's like really like they kept talking about how they they think it's a perfect spot for first dates. And I was like, oh, that's a really good point. It kind of is. Um, So I was like, so it's really cute. Hoping to do something a little bit more extensive on them in uh, February. So I will definitely uh, give you the heads up. I love that idea. Yeah. So. Yay, bachelors. Cool. So um, where to yeah. now? I don't know. Do you want to go to Belfast? Yeah, let's let's uh speaking of passports, let's go to Belfast. <laughs> so the last movie that we saw before the shutdown in the theater uh was the adaptation of Emma in early twenty twenty. Um and so we finally went back because we wanted to watch this movie, Belfast, that Kenneth Branagh wrote and directed. Uh, it's uh, semi, but probably more than semi, autobiographical. And um, we saw it in the exact same theater, like the exact same room at the exact same movie theater here in the city where we had seen Emma. So we bookended the pandemic with our movie theater attendance. Wow. And I have to tell you, I don't think I'll see a better movie this year. I could be wrong. Really but it's that good. It's really? it, it's so great. It's and it's beautifully done. It's personal and passionate. I mean, it's fairly straightforward. It's um it's it, this young uh, I think he's a 10-year-old kid growing up in Northern Ireland um, with the troubles going on in the background. Um uh in in Belfast and and so it's like just about that year in his and his family's life told through the perspective of the young kid who is named Buddy but is really probably Kenneth Branagh who I think would have been that age uh that exact age during that time and so you know it's his mother and father and grandparents um and and so we only see the story through his eyes about like the change in the town he only knows as 
or we as the audience only know as much as this character knows, which is he's only processing so much. He's so young and, mm. and innocent. Um, and so it's, it's really cleverly done. It's beautifully shot. Um, the editing and the cinematography are great. Um, the cast is terrific. So Jude Hill is the name of the cute little kid who plays Buddy, who I think is the true lead of the film. But um, Katrina Balfe from Outlander is his right. mother. And Jamie Dornan from uh, Fifty Shades is his father. And then his grandparents are Kieran Hines and Judy Dench. I mean, this, this is a wow. terrific ensemble. And they're all terrific. I mean, I think Jamie Dornan, quite frankly, is Oscar worthy. Uh, and But they all, I mean, like Judy Dench is probably the, moment, the least to do. She still makes every moment count. Um, but the true. five of them are, are, are just great. Really beautiful, I think, because it's personal. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels very specific, even though, you know, the, the lead character cannot telegraph every single nuance of one moment to the next because these are things that were out of the purview of the kid we as the audience pick up on it we pick up on details um things like that and it's moving without being mawkish or overly manipulative um and while being economical i think really has a lot to say so so far that is my pick for for the best of the year uh going into uh our podcast tonight i said i think i've seen enough that i only have nice things to say um and i have great things to say about this movie there's some other movies i've seen i'm not talking about in this podcast my point being there's a lot of not great movies coming out Mm-hmm. um so far this year so if you're looking for a real quality movie to spend your money and your time on it's certainly belfast i want to talk for a minute about jamie dornan oh go for it he's a curious cat right i kind of feel like yes because i think he's easy to underrate or write yeah off. yeah like i kind of feel like you know 50 shades did him a disservice it's true I, I i would agree Like, it's sort of like, you know, you kind of say, Jamie Dornan, you know. Well, like me, you say the 50 shades, which is is unfair because I've, you know, like I've seen him in other things. I know he's capable of different things, but yeah. And so I kind of, and you know, I mean, I did not see the movies. I did not read the books. Um, I've just heard very mixed things. Some people love them. I mean, and like. I haven't either read or seen. You know, yeah. some a lot of people, obviously, a lot of people love them. Um, a number of authors love them. A number of authors hate them. Like, it just depends, right? Now, I knew Dornan from the TV series Once Upon a Time. Oh, right. Yes. He was wonderful that was in that. Thing, that was the first thing I'd seen him do. He yeah. was wonderful in that as the, um, as the, as the, as the sheriff. And he was terrific. And he got killed off. And I was really, really bummed out because I thought Spoilers. he was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he got written off early into the first season. In fact, if yeah, I remember correctly. yeah, because yeah. he was one of the best things about the yeah. about the whole the whole thing the whole TV series. And then I kind of didn't see him again. And then he did Fifty Shades, and I still haven't seen him. Um, but you know, <laughs> uh, you know, since we didn't see Fifty Shades, so I'm kind of hoping. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm wondering if he's going to do um, a Daniel Radcliffe and just do these like amazingly weird independent you know, films and sort of, you know, smaller movies to kind of break the, break the chain of 50 shades that is sort of like around his neck. Yeah. Um, although I wonder if that's more of a problem for him in America than it is in England, because, you know, he was on that show, the fall, 
right before Fifty Shades started with Gillian Anderson, where he plays a serial killer. Uh, that's not a spoiler. You know it. Um, and he was, he was actually really good. Like, I think he's always been pretty good about having a versatile career. I just don't know what people necessarily make of him. In, like, I don't know if people are like, oh, yeah, he's a British actor who does a bunch of things. Or it's like, we've seen him naked in Fifty Shades. Mm. He was also in that um, Kristen Wiig movie that I saw earlier this year, Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, kind of oh, playing yeah. up his image. So I don't know. I think all things considered, he's had a pretty good and diverse career already. But I don't think in general there's the kind of respect that his talent probably warrants. Right. And I think that that is because of Fifty Shades. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, that's still got to be the biggest thing he has done. Yeah, it it is. It is. Um, so yeah, I mean, it would be great if he did get some sort of well, I hope he got paid well. And then it would be like really great if he got some sort of a, you know, Oscar nod or something. Yeah, yeah, I would I would love it if there was a nomination for him for this. Um, I don't know if anyone got paid well on the movie, but I'm sure I feel like they all get paid well. Oh, no, I meant got paid well for Fifty Shades. Oh, I'm gonna say he did. I might bet. I, I mean, yeah, I think so. I'm gonna there say, was money yeah. there. There was money to spend there. You know, and if he had a good agent, then they would have negotiated thinking, well, it might take him a while to get more work after this. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure you know, he got it back Jeremy out. Irons did, they think they did a remake of Lolita for Showtime in the early 2000s. And he said in the interview that, or in an interview afterward that, you know, he negotiated for a lot of money because he said, I know after I play Humbert Humbert, I'm not going to be cast in anything for a while. And he's like, and that's what happened. It took him like four or five years before he was cast in anything else. And he was already Jeremy Irons for a couple decades by then. I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know that. That's kind of not fair because he was. (laughs) It isn't fair. (laughs) Because he was wonderful in that movie. (laughs) I mean, you know. He was. You're right. (laughs) It's not his fault. I mean, I guess that's sort of like Faye Dunaway when she did um, Mommy, Mommy Dearest, Dearest there, yeah. right? Like yeah. she was then poison. Absolutely. Reason. But I mean, nobody liked Mommy Dearest there. What's her name? Oh. Who, Joan Crawford? Joan Crawford. Nobody liked yeah. Joan. Oh my God. She's like persona non grata. I can't think of a Because we talk about old Hollywood all the time in our house. And like she's to us the very bottom. The bottom. <laughs> the bo- <laughs> Good Lord. Okay, so yeah, props. Jamie Dornan for Academy consideration. Go, go, go. <laughs> That's right. You can, you can uh, take the girl out of publicity, but you can't always take the publicist out of the girl. <laughs> Next up. Um, well, I think we've both been watching this the same show on Hulu, so maybe we talk about Dope Sick. Okay, because I'm, cur- I'm curious as to your thoughts. Um, okay, so I'm not done yet. I think we've d- we've figured out that I have one more um, one more episode to go. So I don't know how it all ends, but I am going to say I am absolutely fascinated by it. It makes me want to read the book that it's based on: Dope Sick Dealers, Doctors, and the Drug Company That Addicted America by Beth Macy give her props because this must have been a monster book to write. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know Scrolling. how she, yeah. I don't know how she got all because there's, I don't know how she consolidated because I imagine there was even more research and interviewing and uh, like so many more 
tales that could have been told. And wasn't the, she kind of the whistleblower? Like, wasn't this book the sort of... The... I think so. I think it gets credit for really being like the eye-opener or like, you know, the, the curtain peeler yeah, uh, about with... like the oxy industry you know, or yeah. big pharma, I should say. Yeah. So I'm kind of very, like, I'm sort of amazed at the amount of research and the amount of investigative work I think she ended up kind of having to, likely having to do um, you know, to, to write this book. So, I mean, I don't know. It just, uh, it, it was frankly a, a pretty extraordinary, um, story. Um, and I think that, I think that Hulu did a really good job with it. I don't know. What do you think? I, yeah, I like it. I think the, one of the framing devices they use is the going back and forth across time. And that gets I, confusing. I, I'm not sure that that really has a dramatic payoff yeah. for me. I'd rather probably just watched it chronologically. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, like I think maybe some of the, the more human interest threads work better for me. Like you've mentioned the, uh, there's Caitlin Deaver is a young girl in a mining town who becomes addicted very young. Um, and I mean, I think that story is great. And it connects us to Michael Keaton, who is a physician who himself falls prey to yeah. an oxy addiction, addiction. And I think he's terrific. That broke um, my heart when that happened. Yeah. And like the really the great thing about that was I didn't see that coming. No, I didn't. And I do think they maybe dropped the ball a little bit because I think we sort of jump from him being prescribed oxy to all of a sudden like his life is upside down he's so mired in the addiction i would have liked to i think have seen a little bit more of the portrayal of like how the addiction grew of how it really started to set in and manifest itself um even if it's something like you know there's one scene where a woman that his character had been dating tells him how he's made such a fool of himself, never call her again. And I'm like, you know what? I would have liked to have at least seen a couple instances of like how he was doing that to the point where she went from loving him to wanting him rid from her life, stuff like that. And incidentally, I should say there's a lot of terrific theater uh, and East Coast-based actors uh, throughout the the series. Like Michael Stuhlbarg is- Well, they're the best, the very best. And he is, like, I didn't even recognize him. No. And you know that every intonation of his voice and every step he takes it probably mimics exactly the way Sackler is in real life. That's kind of extraordinary. Yeah. That's really extraordinary, actually. Um, yeah. And we also have, who else do we have? Oh, Rosario Dawson, who I haven't seen in a very long time. Um, yeah. Well, and we also have Peter Sarsgaard, who I feel like I haven't seen in a really long time. Right. <laughs> But I'm more interested in Rosario Dawson. Um, I thought, because I honestly thought she was incredible in this, in this series. I think this is the best I've seen her. Yeah. It's, I think the thing I've liked her in the most that she's done. Yeah. Yeah. And she is playing this, um, a DEA agent who is, I, I did the first to lead a, a division at the drug enforcement agency. I and think she, so. Yeah. Yes. I think that's what they say. And she's working to like bring down, you know, the Sacklers and, um, and she's just getting railroaded in every direction. Um, and, and she's really extraordinary. And Raul Esparza is her husband. Yeah. Really nice to see him in this. Yeah, it really was. It's, it is like a great cast. <laughs> like this is just a really great cast. Yeah, it is. I mean, I mean, you know, um, who else? 
Will Poulter, um, who is, you know, I guess from, um, oh, what was that? Well, he's in We're the Millers and The Revenant. He does all these things and he keeps covering up his British accent. Yeah, Maze Runner, that's where we knew him from. Oh, okay. I haven't seen yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And right and so yeah, I mean, he was kind of a, kind of a surprise because I barely like I I kind of remembered him from the Maze Runner. I barely remember the Maze Runner. We had watched it so long ago, um, and he's and he's quite young. Yeah, yeah, he started really young. Yeah, so um, so he was he was really he's you know I'm sure. He, anyway, he was great. It was just Will Chase who's phenomenal like it's just got some really good uh good stuff going on yeah so you're close i think you've seen all but one episode so yeah yeah i'm I'm almost there i'm almost there oh um while we're on the subject of tv i'm gonna throw something your way that we fell in love with and and now season two has just come to hbo max um have you heard of how to with john wilson no. So it's it's like a documentary. I don't know if you ever knew of Nathan for You by Nathan Fielder. It's similar. It's a comedy in the form of documentary, and it's um it's this guy. And every episode has a theme of like how to do something, and it ends up being like using. You never see him. You just see all this footage of like streets, of neighborhoods, of parks, of buildings, uh, of pedestrians across the boroughs of New York um, that all just sort of like illustrate whatever kind of point he's making. Um, Like there was one, it's like how to put up scaffolding and it ends up just being this like half hour long riff on like some of the absurdities you will find on the streets of New York. And I can't do a really good job describing the show. And that was, I think the problem for me when I first went into the show, I didn't know what to expect from it and ended up thinking it was hilarious. So I kind of recommend giving it a try. Maybe after two episodes, you'll know if it isn't for you, though I think it should be for everyone. Um, But I really love it. So the first season was six episodes. And I think as uh, John Wilson is the guy who created it, narrates it, though there is a writer's room um, or a team. um, As they were doing the first season, was when the pandemic erupted, came about. And he kind of folded that in, in a really meaningful way. I thought it was really cleverly done. So now season one just began last week. It's on HBO Max. um, And it's, you know, it's more of the same. It's like a very dry, but very witty sense of humor. Um, You know, Alyssa's always like, I'm not sure what people who don't live in New York would think of it because it does seem to be so geared to the city but um i love it i've eaten every episode up so uh i I recommend it oh okay cool well you know it's funny i was actually wondering that same thing about only murders in the building oh yeah i had that same thought too when we were watching it's so new york specific it is so specific and i was enjoying it so much but then i was like will people not in new york like like are they going to enjoy this I feel like yes and no for that show. You at least do have a legit mystery element that a lot of people can glom onto, but so much of it is New York specific. So much of it is, you know, like real estate and apartment life and theater and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 The theater stuff has me howling. Especially Martin Short's character. Like I'm just, I mean, he's terrific. Oh, he's fabulous. He's every 
two-bit director I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> no names mentioned. None needed. None, no, buddy, we're not talking about that. But yeah, that's. I mean, that would be kind of like. Yeah, I was. I was thinking that about murders. That that maybe it was a little too New York, but. Um, yeah, I will. I will put that on the two watch list because I feel like we're running out of things. Oh well, yeah. This one, I feel like it's a real quick watch to get into. So yeah, cool. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Okay, so are we moving to the theater? Yes, we can do the live theater. Um, there's one show I saw. <laughs> you know how we've been away for a couple of weeks, so it's uh, uh, maybe around a month ago even that we saw it, and it's one that I know that you have seen in an earlier incarnation, the original musical Caroline or Change, which has its first Broadway revival this year. It was on Broadway. First started at the Public Theater about eighteen years ago 17 18 years ago was it that Um, long ago yeah because we're old damn um so so yes to describe it a bit um it's set in louisiana in the 60s caroline is a black maid who works for a jewish family um raising four kids one of whom is off in the war and um the family that she works for, uh, the mother has recently died, or somewhat recently died, and the father, a musician, has remarried. Um, and so there's, you know, there's tension all around. Uh, the the stepmother is having difficulty, in, you know, sort of asserting herself in the house. The father is distant. The son is rebellious in his own way. Um and one of the things that the son does is he keeps leaving change in his pockets that Caroline, when she does laundry, finds. So um, one of the things that the stepmother says is to Caroline, who, of course, needs all the money she can get, uh, is whatever change you find in his pockets, that's yours. Take it home. Spend it. It's yours. This will help teach him a lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I'll say that 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 premise escalates, but the beauty of the show is that it does it in a way that is very human and not necessarily formulaic. Like it doesn't, it, it, it you know escalate into these hugely climactic crescendos. It, it sort of serpentines around in different ways that feel very identifiable in the way people respond to things. Um, I think it's one of the more clever original you know, like mainstream musicals that I've seen, you know, in the last 20 years as a, a frequent theater goer, uh, not based on any material, but Tony Kushner, the the book writer uh, of Angels in America fame, uh, I think did base a lot of that on his own upbringing. Yeah. And um, so it was originally Tanya Pinkins, who was okay. electric as Caroline. Um, she was an excellent British actress named Sharon D. Clark is taking over the role now. And I think she's very good, too. I think like this really proves just what a strong and powerful and unique musical the show is. So I'm glad it's having a new life. I still think it's hard to top or to live up to Tanya Pinkins and, uh, and that original cast. Um, but everyone who's in it is so good. And uh, there are four different actors who play the role of the son, Noah. Mm-hmm. But um, the one that I saw was great. And uh, I think he's from Pennsylvania. We overheard it sounded like his parents were in town. For, were sitting behind us for the performance that we saw. So okay. 
I didn't say anything to them, but if I could have, I would have been like, your son was great. Because he was great. <laughs> um, I, I kind of, I mean, I saw it so long ago, right? Like, I don't quite remember exactly. Like, I just remember really, really loving it. Yeah, I'm glad you um, did. At, at a time where I, it got, it kind of got dreadful reviews, if I remember correctly, particularly on its move. Like, it just was like... I remember the, it, there was sort of like this sentiment among the critics that this doesn't belong on Broadway. Yeah, I think there was a big, I feel like it got really good reviews off Broadway and then the move was much more mixed. Yeah, yeah. Like it was just the sort of how dare you put this, you know, intimate, this beautiful intimate show in this big Broadway theater and oh, now it doesn't work. And yeah. I remember going to see it and going, well, what the fuck are they talking about? Because I think yeah. it works just fine. <laughs> You know, and I, I do know, and I went to see it because um, at the time I had this, I had a reputation for representing children on Broadway. And um, I, I only represented one kid actor, but I had done so well with her that a lot of like the parents were kind of like lining their kids up for me. Um, and I, and I think one, it was again, a, the, the boy uh, in the, in this, uh, the little boy who he was one of the four like it was it was a multiple cast <laughs> right. and um and i just remember thinking he was good and he was talented but it it was tanya pinkins show like it was just like she like there wasn't anything going on there that i felt merited you know really merited press coverage so i turned i turned them mm. down um but but that is how i got to see it can i ask who the one you repped that had such an effect was uh, Madeline Martin. Oh, no kidding. Mm-hmm. We love her. Yeah. Yeah. I got her. Um, she, I got her as the youngest person ever to present at the Tony Awards. That was my claim to fame with her. Wow. So we yeah. love her because my fiance and I, because um, we love the pillow man that she was in. That, that she was stunning in that. And that is the, the show that I got her. So I was well, brought can on. I, can I say something? Yeah. I looked her up on Wikipedia and you are correct because it says her acclaimed performance gave her the opportunity to be the youngest presenter in history at the 2003 Tony Awards. Yes. So guys, Karen is Wikipedia famous. Yes. I mean, I got her no work credit. is bona fide. You got no credit, but okay. So yeah, so it was it, so I was brought on because they wanted a Tony campaign for her, which I did. Um, but obviously it was, uh, it was tough. I mean, like it was, that, that was that's a hard a real role. Big, that was for Joe Egg, the revival? Was uh, that what it was? No, it was for... Oh, you did the Tony campaign for Pillow Man. Pillow Man. Oh, They brought wow. me up for Pillow Man for, for a Tony campaign. And um, and I was like, eh, okay, I'll try. Um, But, you know, but she she was wonderful in that. Like, how could... You know what I mean? Like, she was absolutely wonderful. Oh, no, maybe I did... Uh, what I do? I did a Tony campaign. Did I do a Tony campaign for her for Joe Egg, too? I don't remember. What, what came first, Joe Egg or... Joe Egg was first. Joe Egg was first first because I think I started working with her with Joe Egg and then they brought me on again for Pillow Man and that was another Tony campaign um I did really great work with her on Joe Egg too or maybe or maybe I saw her in Joe Egg and then and then I worked with her on the Pillow Man I don't remember what it was but anyway um I think uh, I got her in the New York Times for her role in Pillow Man 
um, really big story too. And then, um, and then, yeah. And then there was the, the Tony campaign and she didn't get nominated. And I know that it was like super disappointing. Um, but I still was like, I'm going to get her. I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to get her on as a presenter. Like if she can't, if she's not going to get, I'm going to get her on as a presenter. And I rallied and I rallied and I rallied. And then finally it was like, the 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 head tony guy like the head producer or whatever finally went to see um her in pillow man and was just blown away and was like yes and so she um i think she presented frog and toad which would have made sense you know because she was a kid and so i think she 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 like present like i don't know if it won but i think she like was part of that like when she was i don't think it won because i think that was the year of hairspray dominating everything right that was a really sweet show i love that story i think that's so awesome yeah yeah so yeah i was i was the i was the tony campaigner for that so yes yes and so that was and so this was all around that same time and so all of a sudden i had like a lot of parents (laughs) calling me while I work with their kid but Madeline was the only one that I worked with and then I went on and then she went to do Californication and I worked with her a little bit on that as well oh cool yeah Yeah, and she was on that that was on a bunch of years yeah yeah so it was um a truly wild time I don't know what she's doing now um I think she does tv stuff I feel like I've seen her on what we do in the shadows and marvelous Mrs. Maisel um I don't know uh if she's doing other work beyond that Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I just like, was like, Oh, I haven't seen her name in a while, you know, so I don't know what she's been up to. Well, hopefully we hear something from her again soon. She's very good. She is very good. She is very good. So I'm just kind of curious, like what, did you see the original? Uh, I did. I did. What, what do you think is different there that there, that, that suddenly nobody is ever like, is it just time where people yeah, are not the, having that reaction? Is, nothing is different. It's just people are, you know, lemmings and they like they change by the year it's always a different story every year and like in terms of what's favored and what's good and anticipated and all that stuff and it's just you know i think when carolina change was originally on broadway there was a small cadre of people that got it and everyone else wanted to see wicked which opened at that same time you know you had a mega musical like that and you had hugh jackman and the boy from oz and they were all lobbying for the same awards and the same ticket buyers and so i think that one was a tougher sell Mm, okay and now it's coming in at a different time and people are like yes we we want to uh make room for this show okay all right well that's good so so everyone make room for the show it's at the the studio 54 theater (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I'll come in and see it again, no. but <laughs> but that's great. Yeah, if not you, someone else, whoever exactly. whoever may be listening. But yeah, this was a lot of fun. It was. We haven't boulevarded in a while. I know. It's been all Melrose Place. I know. Well, oh. but this was a this was a a fun little catch up. Yes, it was a fun little catch up. Um, so I guess, I guess that's it. Yep. We will, we're off next week. We have more scheduling conflicts, um, but we'll be back the following week. So, so we'll have a nice mid December catch up. We'll return to the block and we will also be right back here on the Boulevard. So stay, stay with us. Happy Hanukkah. By the way, I didn't mention Carolina change has a big central Hanukkah celebration, uh, 
element and uh so it's hanukkah now so it all ties together so for those who are celebrating the festival of lights happy hanukkah and to everyone we love you we miss you thanks for keeping up with us and we'll catch you again in two weeks when we return to the boulevard Bye. bye